the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. KSLR is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you will get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of our Church of the Week program, Director of Ministry Development, Mark Longoria. Hope you're having a fantastic afternoon. My name is Mark Longoria, Director of Ministry Development at AM630 KSLR. Thank you for listening to The Word in South Texas. This program is called The Church of the Week. And what I love to do every week, weekend after weekend, is to bring you a local pastor because uh, we would love for you to get to know the different pastors, the different churches in and around San Antonio. Our hope and our desire as you listen to the word here on this radio station is also that you would be connected to the local community church. So in studio today, we have none other than Pastor Joe Barber. He's the pastor at St. Luke Baptist Church. Pastor Barber, welcome. Welcome. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. Glad to have you here in the studio. It's the first time we get a chance to meet and it's the first time that our audience gets to hear your voice. We uh, truly enjoyed the uh, the devotionals that you had throughout this week. Very good. You sound like a preacher, man. Oh, well, I've been preaching for quite a while now. I've, that's kind of comes out in me. I've, one of my associates says, just a preacher in you, you can't help yourself when you get before <laughs> a mic. A yeah. sermon just automatically just pops up. Amen. <laughs> it's your gifting. That's what God's allowed you to have. So, um, Take us a little bit into your, you know, give us a little bit of a background. Are you a San Antonio, born and raised here? Mark, I've been born and raised here in San Antonio. Went to high school here at George W. Brackenridge. Uh, graduated in 1968. Amen. We uh, great mighty eagles. I went to college at Southwest Texas State and mm. matriculated to Los Angeles, California for a period of time and come back to San Antonio and met the love of my life, my my wife, Sharon, and love her for 29 years we we've been able to look at each other every morning by god's graces and i'm so grateful for that been involved with the saint luke church now for oh a good a good 29 years actually also in fact i fell in love with my wife at the church mm. uh announced my calling at saint luke became youth minister at saint luke for a period of time and and moved and, and became pastor in seguin for nine years and now we're Currently re-back, located back to San Antonio, this pastor of St. Luke for these past nine years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been a been a joy to be yeah. serving the city awesome. in St. Luke. Now, you mentioned uh, L.A. Did you go out there for just to visit family? Were you out there for a while? Well, or- uh, during my younger years, someone told me to go west, young man. Uh-huh. And I decided to follow the call and go west. And I went west and, yeah. and, and uh, thought I would see bright lights in big city and become world famous as yeah. a star. And I was amazed and found out that um, uh, that wasn't what I saw on TV was nothing compared to what I saw in real life so person. What were your hopes and dreams then? Well, what kind of star? Actually, actually, the star that I thought I wanted to be was really on in my mind. God had something else planned for me. <laughs> I told my pastor, my father in the faith, that I, I knew that I was called to preach. Uh, but I decided that I was going to take a run 
West to try to run away from the calling mm. and get lost in the crowd, kind of like Jonah. I decided I didn't want to deliver this message. I was going to get lost in the city of, of the angels and, and God wouldn't find me there and I wouldn't have to preach. But uh, no matter where you go, you find that he's still God and you still have a call on your life. So uh, that didn't work for me. Yeah, no matter where you go, he's still there. <laughs> he's still there. And and he still remembered what he told me to do, yeah. uh, even though I wanted to try to forget it. So uh, can you take us through uh, how did that happen? You're out there, you're doing your own thing, you got your own plans, and God still yeah, arrested you. And God still had his hands on me. Here's what happened, actually. Uh, I received a phone call. I, I was uh, owner operator of a, uh, an insurance agency in Los Angeles, in Linwood, California, actually. And I received a call from my sister, that mother, my mother was terminally ill with cancer, mm. had been diagnosed with a, a multiple myeloma. Uh, at, that caused me, of course, as a, the oldest child, I came back to San Antonio. When I come back to San Antonio, I was arrested and, 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 uh, uh, to, with the overwhelming feeling that this is where I should have been, mm. uh, that I needed to be with my family, uh, uh, that they had changed, the city had changed, things had changed. So during a period of time of, of, of ministering to my mother in, in, in her final, final hour, she, for that year, uh, I, I came convicted of the fact that that's where I was. Uh, uh, and my mother told me a thing. She said, it took this for you to come back. Wow. And, and, and that, that kind of penetrated my heart, mm. uh, uh, to say the least, uh, went to St. Luke visiting my, my, uh, the church and visiting with, with my wife, uh, dating her and, and the pastor of that church, uh, Asked for me to come visit him after service. Yeah, uh, did you end up at St. Luke because your family was there? No, because my just, wife was there. I was just courting oh, her. I see. Uh, she's pretty, long black hair, big eyes, and mm-hmm. I loved, loved her, and I was going to go to church to be with her. I see. Uh, and after service, my pastor called me and said uh, he would like to speak to me uh, after service. Uh, and I didn't know what he wanted. I was just visiting. But as I came into the study, he asked me a question. He asked me one question. Did you miss your calling? And when he asked that question, that, that knocked me to my knees and I broke out in tears and confessed to the fact that I had, in fact, uh, felt that calling on my life and that I had ran for a period of 10 years uh, uh, from that calling. Uh, I didn't want it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, uh, that was a confession that I made. And and, and, and they, he laid hands on, prayed to, for me and, and seemed like uh, uh, that was like a, a hundred pound weight off of my shoulders. Uh, wow. at that time and, and, and been, been preaching ever since. So how do you begin uh, that walk? It's like, okay, you finally surrendered to God and so surrendered to the calling that God has over your life. And how does that process begin? What do you do? Do you run home, begin to open the Bible? <laughs> do you do, what do you do? <laughs> That's an interesting question. Uh, because of the simple fact that, that, that it's a faith walk, you know, I, I've under the direction of my pastor, uh, here the faith walk is, is that I had known I was called. I had, I had already, uh, went into seminary while I was in, Sa- in, in Los Angeles. Mm. I had already, uh, 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 studied in, in Los Angeles and, and I just didn't want to, for whatever reason, this hard headed fellow that I am, you know, decided, no, no, I'm not going to be a preacher. I'll be a great student, but I'm not going to be this preacher. I can't. I, and so it ended up being a faith walk type of thing where under the direction of my pastor, he just guided me. Okay. You need to go to this school. You need to, you need to get involved in this. You need to do these things like this. And then another thing we talked about, uh, 
uh, because of because of the lifestyle, because of things that I've seen in the community that I serve, we decided that I would become an alcohol and, 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 and drug counselor. Mm-hmm. I, I started uh, moving toward that area and learning about uh, chemical dependency, learning about uh, 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 the effects of uh, substance abuse on people's lives. So I started going to school for that and learning how to counsel and deal with uh, uh, individuals that are suffering with substance abuse. Mm-hmm. Under the idea that the church where I'm at, in the community where I'm at, that that would be an outreach arm for the church, being that a lot of people in the community are impacted by substance abuse. Yeah. So, so I started moving in that area uh, uh, of my ministry, and and that's still a folk a, a very big part in my ministry even today. Uh, mm. I, I strongly re- uh, believe in reaching out to those that are out in in the, in the community, those that are suffering. Yeah. Uh, I'm known as uh, someone that 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 has no problem in, in walking out into the community or walking out into the street. Mm-hmm. It led me into HIV outreach. It led me into street testing. It led me into a lot of different ministries because of under the direction of my pastor and as the, the uh, movement of the Holy Spirit moved me in different avenues. You know, I'm also a, I'm a HIV prevention intervention specialist. Uh, I'm a alcohol and drug counselor. I, I do a lot of different things as far as from that, from that, uh, uh, aspect uh, in mm-hmm. that arena, uh, which is kind of interesting for me. It's mm-hmm. an interesting, uh, uh, twist in my ministry and that God has placed before me. Uh, yeah. Uh, that we can able to use a faith-based perspective on something that can that 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 is socially or culturally uh, 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 a blemish yes. to to certain people. People are ashamed yeah. of of this thing, and they're not getting help because of this thing. Mm-hmm. So that that's been the, all that was guided by by pastor and the Holy Spirit, just wow. moving from one arena to another. Uh, I'm on the uh, Black Ministers uh, 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 Roundtable in the state of Texas. We are uh, a group of faith uh, uh, pastors and preachers. Uh, we come together and work with the state for uh, 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 initiatives or programs that are faith-based to help in intervention and prevention measures. Uh, I, I founded and, and, and president of an organization known as Street Works Incorporated uh, for a season uh, where we dealt with harm reduction techniques uh, for people that were that were suffering on the streets that were that were being infected by dirty syringes by mm. by dirty material catching uh, uh, health uh, uh, risk health health items at risk because of their addiction so when uh, you say you did the street testing what what did that involve street testing was was you you, you would draw blood at the oh. time when i first started out you you would actually draw blood mm. uh 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 and you would be in in ditches you would be in shooting galleries you'd be you in go to wherever people and you ask would go. Yeah. and there's people that were active in their addiction right. actively doing what they were at risk high risk for contracting this virus mm. so you would do street testing and you would take the I worked for the community clinic incorporated at that time and we worked with the health department and we would go and do street testing and we would, it would take two weeks for it to come back. Then they ended up having the rapid test as it evolved to the rapid test right. where you would have the, the prick. Then you ended up lastly as the swab now, right. but we would do it where individual was because most people wouldn't go to the health department or to a doctor's office to, to have an HIV, you know, test or to get the results, yeah. you know, or to do any of those things. So, we would go to the places where these people were, wow. you know, or they would come to me because I was, that that was the reputation that, that, that we were able to, God bless us to be able to have as someone that was not critical or judgmental mm-hmm. to a person because of the situation that they're in right now. Gotcha. The gospel is not about that. Mm. <laughs> so, so that was, 
that was the joy of being able to present Christ in a holistic way and where, hey, you know, self of God, by the grace of God, it could be me or it could be my child sure. or it could be my cousin or it could be, could be anyone. Yeah. So God has allowed us to do these things. Are you, uh, are you still counseling people and seeing I, people regarding, you know, uh, the, uh, addictions and I still do chemical substance still, abuse and things like that? I'm bivocational, uh, in, in that aspect. I still, I still do a lot of, uh, substance abuse counseling, alcohol and drug abuse counseling. I believe very uh, strongly about that. Is that something you do in the ministry or as a professional outside? I, I do it as a professional outside, and okay. I still do it in the ministry also. It's yeah. part of me, who I am. Yeah. Um, I, I I believe that is very important. Yeah. If it was, uh, substances can keep a person from getting close to God. Yes. Um, they depend uh, on the substance more yeah, than they do on God. Exactly. So, so if you remove the substance, amen, you know, the, the God can walk through that door that's been covered by this, this disease. And, and, and some people can't, can't really look at it as a disease. They look at it really as a moral issue mm. where I, I don't, I don't look at it as that. Well, you've been listening to uh, Pastor Joe Barber. He is a pastor at St. Luke Baptist Church. If you'd like to uh, have a chance to chat with him, maybe you know somebody that could use this type of help or you yourself might need it. You can call the church at 210-732-3998. Again, Pastor Joe Barber, St. Luke Baptist Church, 210-732-3998. Church is located at 1903 West Popular Street, in the area code 78207. That's the uh, west side, just to the west of the uh, downtown of San Antonio. Um, more information also online at stlcitylights.com, stlcitylights.com. If you'd like to go to the service, uh, Sundays at 11 a.m. is the worship service. Wednesday at 6 p.m. is the chapel hour. They also have a daily prayer line any day from uh, 6 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. You can call their prayer line, and uh, they also have a public prayer every Wednesday from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. where you can just simply walk to the church, walk in, and uh, somebody will be there to receive you and pray with you and pray for you. So, um, Pastor, tell us about the church itself. What's going on at the church? I, I know that uh, you mentioned before we started our uh, our broadcast that uh, you you were first uh, helping out with youth. You're pastoring the youth. And yes. Well, that, that that was my first assignment at the church. Uh, my pastor, uh, uh, maybe minister of the youth. Uh, I was in charge of. BTU Baptist Training Union and Sunday School and, and things of nature, things to have with the youth. Uh, we started a, a youth drill team where with kids. Uh, it was back in the early days. We had we had one of the, I excuse the word, I just used the baddest drill team around. I always said mm. uh, where the young people were were marching and and doing different internet uh, type of moves to to scripture, uh, which was very 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 effective as far as outreaching young that. people. They're um, making moves to the scripture. Yes, exactly. Wow. Uh, we we've evolved now. We have uh, the youth ministry now. I have youth ministers at the church that that uh, I deal with. Uh, we have a mind team called the Unspoken Word Ministry. Mm. That is an awesome uh, uh, outreach uh, uh, ministry that we have there at the St. Luke Church. We we have uh, youth extravaganza. I, but my youth and I, we, we believe in prayer walking the community. So yes. we do different walks through the community uh, just really to interact with people. I long mark for the day that it, 
maybe you recall the day where the community actually walked to church, yeah. where you would see lines of families just walking to church mm-hmm. and, and hanging out on the church ground and, and just, you know, just to use, for lack of a better saying, just kicking it at the church. Yeah. You know, uh, it was a place of the community. I long for those days uh, when that would mm-hmm. be where the community would just, hey, we're just going to go hang out at the church house. Uh, yeah. uh, those were the days I felt like it was a whole, the church and the community were really one. Yes. Uh, now we have of a time, this thing where mostly everyone that goes to church does not reside in the church, in the community where the church is. They 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 travel maybe 30 minutes or 45 minutes to get to church, you know, as opposed to walking two or three blocks to church. Right. That's where I grew up here. You know, I walked a couple of blocks to my church, you know, the neighborhood church. I knew it was the neighborhood church and all the deacons and everybody was, <laughs> I, they, they were my next door neighbors and yeah. things of this nature. So, so I, I, I yearn for those days where the church and the community are really united in that type mm. of format. Again, that's what it used to be. Yeah. Uh, it, we've grown so much yeah. <laughs> that, that it has kind of gotten out of, uh, out of context in, in that, that arena. So we do a lot of prayer walking. We, we do a lot of, uh, 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 one of the things that we're working with right now is a project we call the Katie project. Uh, it is, deal with we have an organization that we're bar with called the West End Hope in Action uh where we're looking at really uh trying to uh, uh transform the community by helping people in the community uh, uh work on their own homes uh, uh paint their own home take care of their own we, we come together where the church the, the city government and the community, we can pool our resources and help someone, say an elderly that needs their roof repair, need their home painted, need their yards cut, yeah. need things of this nature. It's, it's a wonderful thing when the brothers and sisters of the church can come and help a uh, sister down the street that's having those problems and we can come together with the city instead of condemning the property. Mm. Amen. We're building the property, therefore yes. having some community, some community pride once again. That's so the we're church very, being the church. That's a church being the church, exactly. Uh, my my phrase all the time uh, is, "I walk he like he talk." It. The church should have body. The church should have legs. That's the right. church should have arms. Where we're moving in about in the community, letting people know that this is what the church is about. Not that building. The building's been there for ninety three years, but that mm-hmm. building has never saved anybody. Mm-hmm. The building is just a location where people can come to meet together. And then after that, we go out and serve, you know, and that's basically what the church is all about. We call ourselves the city on the hill because really and truly, if we really are the city on the hill and we really are the church, we surely can't be healed here because wherever we are, someone sees us, whatever we say, someone's hearing us and, and, and wherever, and where we are, we, we should be able to be touched in a real, real sense. Yes. Yes. Wow. Um, when there's something amazing i've i've seen it so many times when when we come together and we not only fellowship but we serve together and we are the expression of jesus christ on this earth we are his hands and feet we're his mouthpiece yeah. so when we hug somebody when we help somebody it's jesus christ helping that person through us exactly it's the exactly. expression of christ through us through the church exactly I told someone this at a, at a, at a outreach workers, uh, a conference I was talking to, uh, speaking at, and I told somebody Jesus was the original outreach worker mm. and that Jesus never did too much work in the church. He no, was he always didn't. out in the street. In fact, they said he fellowship with sinners. So That's Jesus right. was the one that had people used to, uh, ask me, how could you possibly go and be 
in the places and around the people that you're around. And I'm saying because that's where Christ would be. That's right. Uh, he would go to people like that. In fact, I'm glad he came to check out a brother like me. Mm. You know, if he hadn't have been, where would I be? So Jesus is an outreach worker. And then if the church is a part of Jesus or an example of Jesus or the physical embodiment of Jesus, we shouldn't too be involved in outreach as far as outreach workers in that sense, reaching mm. out to those that need that want, that desire. Well, I think one of the best things that I said in that devotional earlier is for someone to hear that the Lord has need for you. Yes. That, that, that just blew my mind mm -hmm. when that was told to me by my pastor that the Lord had need for me. I couldn't imagine that. that, that, that that's how big of a statement that is that the Lord, our God has need for you. Yes. And that, that changed my life mm -hmm. to be able to grasp that. And I'm still amazed at it. Every time I think about that statement, when I get up in the morning, I say, the Lord has need for me today. Hmm. And what does he need me to do today? That's a great question. Exactly. You know, I think sometimes we get so caught up in our own selfish ways that even, I mean, we, we've heard it say, maybe even out of our own mouths, just generally speaking, you know, I don't need you or yeah. I don't need this, yeah. you know, and I can do it on my own. And yeah. so it, it really, it refocuses ourselves to ourselves when we say those types of things and when exactly. we think in such a way rather than saying like you just said god what would you have me do today what exactly. do you want to do through me today exactly you know what's my my assignment for today exactly and when we allow that to happen then the holy spirit just takes over like exactly. he's the one that guides us and leads us and takes us to yeah. where we need to be and talk to the people we need to talk to and serve the people we need to serve definitely yeah. And so, he's the one that gets all the glory. <laughs> That's true. Cause self is the biggest detriment to anything that we could do. Mm. If we could ever get about, get over our own selves, we would really do a good deal, a, a great bit of work. Yes. But self seems to get in the way of all the things that we try to do for the Lord or for, for mankind. If yeah. it was not for ourselves, we trip over ourselves more than anything else. Yeah, that's right. Well, Pastor Barber, tell us about uh, about the church. What's the church like? When can what can someone expect when they come uh, come to the church Sunday morning? St. Luke is multicultural, multi <laughs> it's, it's a diverse group of people. We're we're a lively sort of people. I tell you, we're, kind of, we're mostly we're a family church. Uh, we we from the youngest to the oldest. Everyone has something to do or able to do whatever they feel like doing when if they're in the worship service. Uh, we 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 have a dynamic group of uh, individuals that play. We have we're lively as far as as far as music. Our musical staff is uh, uh I think is some of the best in the city. Mm. Uh, we, 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 we small church, but that's the great part about it because we get to know everybody that comes in that door. Amen. Everyone that steps in the door, we believe in knowing one-on-one -on -one in a personal way. Uh, it's no certain dress code in it, in effect. You just need to come as you are, come as you can. Mm -hmm. And we'll, we'll deal with God to deal with all the other, uh, services, are usually from 11 to about 1230 on, uh, for the most part, uh, on those days, unless the Holy Spirit decides to keep us there any longer. And that's great. Most of the time we have benediction and we end up hanging out for about 30 minutes to an hour after, after benediction, just hanging out, yeah. laughing and talking with each other, which I think is really what the church should be anyway. Yeah, you know, uh, the fellowship part of it. This is the thing about saying, look, we, we believe in Jesus Christ. We're teaching, worshiping, caring, church that's committed to the growing of the community of God by the power of the Holy Spirit. Teaching the word, preaching the word, worshiping God in spirit and in truth, allowing everyone to worship God as they can. 
Yeah, so we don't we don't look at anyone. Hey, you got to be quiet, or you got to you got to do this. You have to worship God as you can, and we care. Whatever whatever happens, we learn that we need to love one another. And the uh, the church is located where? Can you give us kind of a directions to the area? Nineteen oh three West Poplar Street. It's it's near downtown. It's not too far from the Haven for Hope. If you are familiar with uh, I ten West, mm-hmm. you would be. It's right off I ten West in Calabria. You would get off uh, I ten West at Calabria. It's two blocks up Calabria, going west on Calabria. You would take a left hand left turn on a street called Navidad, and Three blocks after that, we were located on the corner of Poplar and Navidad. The church has been there for, the church is 93 years young and has been there in that particular location, I guess, a good 60 years. Mm. It's a big white building. Uh, it's almost a landmark in that community. Um, practically everybody knows where St. Luke Church is on the, on the west side of town, at least. Uh, you said Navidad kind of takes you that way. Do you know what Navidad is? The Spanish, it's yeah, a Spanish it's, word, you know what it is translated to in English? It's good news. And Navidad, yeah, it's Christmas. Yeah. It's Christ. And then the word mas, Christmas, is more. Yeah. You want more Christ? Come out this way. (laughs) And you want more? Hey, I like that. Yeah, Navidad. I'll give you credit the first time. And and, and then after that, it's going to be a Joeyism, okay? All right. You take it. All right. Well, we want to thank all you guys for joining us today on the Church of the Week uh, with Pastor Joe Barber as as uh, as our guest in studio. He's a pastor at St. Luke Baptist Church. We invite you to come out and be a part of the church service Sundays at 11 a.m. Worship service Wednesdays, 6 p.m. for the chapel hour. Daily prayer from 6 to 6.30 p.m. And public prayer where the doors of the church are open. You can come in and fellowship and seek prayer. Somebody to pray with you from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. on Wednesdays, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. The address uh, for the church is 1903 West Popular. Over at the 78207 uh, zip code. And for more information online, you can go to stlcitylights.com, stlcitylights.com, or call 210 732 3998. If you missed the first part of today's uh, interview, um, Pastor Joe talked about the fact that he is a counselor in the area of uh, uh, substance drug abuse and things like that. And so if you know of someone that has that type of addiction or is battling that, if you know of someone that uh, might need help in the area of uh, STDs, uh, you mentioned specifically AIDS, HIV, uh, you can call them at 210-732-3998. Again, stlcitylights.com online. Thank you so much for joining us today. Continue to listen to The Warden, South Texas, AM 630, KSLR. Thank you for joining us today as we featured the AM 630 KSLR Church of the Week. We hope that during this past half hour, you got a chance to know the pastor and learn something about their church. We encourage you to get involved in your local community church. If you'd like to nominate your pastor to be featured on an upcoming Church of the Week program, submit your nominations at kslr.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.